Hey everyone, and welcome to this episode of Another Lockdown, where everything's made up and the points don't matter. I'm Andrew. I'm Zach. Welcome to the 27th of May, 2020, where we're in lockdown for COVID and we can only go five kilometers from our house and we can only leave the house for five <laughs> essential reasons. And Andrew, haven't we done this before? I feel like we're in the twilight zone. I feel like we've definitely done this before. We literally um, had an episode talking with Isabel Ross where we talked about how hard it was to do podcasts when <laughs> nothing is happening and you're locked down again and again. And the karma gods heard us. I we think we good them. Yeah, we broke it. We broke the system. <laughs> yeah, you can blame us, folks. Uh, if you haven't, if you're an international listener, thank you for joining. If you're a new listener, welcome aboard. Um, we're both Melbourne-based, and Melbourne enters a seven-day snap lockdown tonight because Just over we've four got. Hours. Yeah, a couple of hours from now, because we've got a uh, virus going around the community that's a little bit out of control. Uh, we Perhaps you've heard of, of it. <laughs> yes, yeah. called COVID. Yeah. Um, we lost we lost track of it for a week or so, and ooh, it started to spread. Mm. Um, and it turns out that if you've got COVID and you go to football grounds and shopping centres and go up and down nightclubs at a popular night strip, uh, it turns out other people get infected too. Indeed. So who'd have thunk? I think it's it's got to be, there's got to be something about... I, I said, I, I commented, and I don't ever comment on people's Facebook statuses anymore because I'm, I'm, I'm mostly on Instagram now, but I saw Chris uh, uh, had put something up about the lockdown and I was just like, oh, not, and he didn't say anything, um, uh, you know, controversial or anything. He was just stating that we were heading into another lockdown and I just commented and I was like, you know, perhaps if the government actually would, you know, put the vaccine out because... We, the problem is we have the supply. According to the, whatever sources that we have, we have the vaccine, we have the supply, but they're waiting for the people who are eligible to actually book in to get it. And the problem is they're not booking in to get it. And I'm just like, you know what? If they're not going to book in to get it, just start opening it up so the people that actually want to get it can get it. Because this is now what happens. Because even this, in America, like... They're vac man. Their vaccines are. I was about to say, compare and contrast to America, which we were hanging it on a couple of months yeah, ago. Yeah, and now they got Seems it like right. They're rolling now. Yeah, like we are. I, I think. I think at this stage they were supposed to have put out fifteen million or somewhat vaccinations at this point in our government, and we're at like two. Yeah, it's I it's think, a long way behind. Yeah, yeah. it's something. Like, and the problem know. is, as as part of this latest outbreak, they said, "Oh, listen, we've relaxed." The rules if you're now aged 40 to 49 you mm. can now go get vaccinated which is the age group i fall into yeah but then when you actually go to register it says you, no, no, you still need to be eligible for it oh. you can't get through and you still need to be eligible so yes they've opened it up a but little bit they? more but but they're still really restricting it um yeah. so, so why? If, if, like, if i can't get vaccinated until someone who's in the higher risk category than me has gotten vaccinated, then I'm going to be waiting a long time because exactly. 31% of people are saying that they're not sure if they're going to get vaccinated. Exactly. And I get it. Like you can't, I get it. I mean, it's the same thing when these, you know, internet websites, they have like a big sale and the website crashes because everybody tries to get on at the same time. So they're trying to avoid that with this thing. I get it. But like, if you're this far behind on giving vaccines, let's maybe open it up and just open it up slowly, but at least open it up instead of just like waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. It's like, what's what? not that I could yeah. do a better job. Like I'm like we said on the last podcast with Izzy, like, yeah, yeah, we can sit and complain about it. But do we have an answer? Of course not. Well, we have opinions and yeah. we have a forum, which exactly. three people listen to and we're going to use it. That's right. And two of those three people are us. 
if one of those other people is the prime minister, maybe something will get done. Come on, dude. You don't even know his name, do you? Daniel Andrews. No, that's the premier of Victoria. Scott Morrison. Well done. I got them confused. I don't know. (laughs) Dude, I don't even know who the president of the United States is anymore, man. Yeah, I mean, I just remember everything from 2020 because it seems like we're back there again. Exactly. um, It's it's interesting because it's like the second we heard yesterday that stuff was happening, all anyone was doing was refreshing the news sites, trying yeah. to work out when this was going to happen. I did. And people knew it was rolling. Like last night, rumours were flying around. Schools were planning to shut down. Local governments were sort of telling their staff, hey, listen, be aware of this. Like we all saw where this was going. Yeah. Um, I think the one thing is that it does seem like it's a very unfortunate event where they missed a whole week of contact tracing. Like the people who came forward with the virus came forward like a week late and it had already been out there in the community. And so whether or not they could have come forward with earlier symptoms, maybe they were asymptomatic. As we know, a lot of people can carry the virus and shed it without actually realizing they're carrying it. But it does seem like it's just a a perfect storm of a particularly mobile virus carrier Hmm. with the new Indian strain that is particularly aggressive and a delay in the contact traces getting it. I mean, they're trying to work through 80 different uh, incident locations with potentially thousands upon thousands of people having been there. Um, there's a missing link still between a couple of the cases that they can't prove. They have no idea how it got from one to the other. Yeah. And that's because they're really relying on the information they're given by the people they're talking to. And if someone who had the virus accidentally forgets that they went to this particular location, but that happens to be the location that they met someone else. Well, the contact tracers can't do much with that. They're kind of operating off the information they have. So, you know, it just goes to show that even after a year of this, we are still so vulnerable to it um, and still struggling so much. Exactly. And that's the thing. And that's, that's kind of, I think the thing that people fail to realize is that just because there's no active cases, quote and unquote, sometimes it doesn't mean that it's not out there. It's not possible to get active cases just means that, if somebody has it, maybe they haven't been tested. Yeah. And, you know, like there's a testing site down the street for me. And this morning it would like, I've not seen it as busy as I had this morning. It was chockers, just like line of traffic. So you're using an Australian term, chockers. Thank you. Well done. I try. It sounded natural. Uh, hey, well, you know, it's getting there. It's only taken 10 years. Um, like <laughs> that's going to be the case throughout all of Victoria. Yeah. Now they're going to see the, the, the numbers are going to climb exponentially because now thousands and thousands of more people are going to be getting tested that otherwise, <clears throat> excuse me, wouldn't have been a factor. And it still feels shocking. Like you compare it to the news coming out of some of the other countries like England and America and India and the Philippines still, like they are not dealing with any less cases than they had before. It's just they've kind of leveled out of their yeah. new normal where they're accepting hundreds of cases a day and unfortunately many many deaths and so forth in australia we've gone from a run of 50 odd days of zero cases um to 15 in like two days and suddenly the shutters come down because Mm -hmm. this is the way that the government has chosen to react to it is is to jump on it straight away uh it's it's just tough it's it's mentally draining uh for everyone i'm sure a lot of people are really feeling it out there Mm -hmm. uh all we can do is just, you know, go back and listen to any of the other 20 episodes we did last year where we talked about this again. Again, a lot of those tips still apply in terms of being kind to yourself, looking after yourself, not being an idiot when you go out in public. Don't um, sneeze you know, in somebody's mouth. Realizing that everyone is, you know, stressed at the moment and trying to get around those bad behaviors. I mean, now's the time to be a little bit forgiving. I know 
the kids have been sent home from school and we've just decided to give them tomorrow off because we had a whole bunch of stuff planned this weekend, which isn't going to happen now. And so yeah. we said, right, kids, let's not worry about school tomorrow. It's one day. Um, you know, we can afford to do that with where they are with their schooling. Um, some people can't and some people are going to have to push through tomorrow and just get on with stuff. And that's going to be tough for everyone. Everyone's going to be going through it to some sort of degree. Your kids must be smart. My parents would have been like, no, you cannot afford to miss a day of school. You absolute idiot. That's I think fine. We're probably like the the punishment from making them, you know, go try and do schooling when they're stressed and worried about it anyway. It's just yeah. not there. Yeah, that's like true. we're better off skipping tomorrow and doubling down on it on Monday. Yeah. and try and get back into normal. And this is the thing: whenever they have to do these snap lockdowns that happen midweek, the rest of the week is basically a write-off. Like I can tell you, at work today, we were not as efficient as we needed to be because every conversation had to start with a discussion about COVID. Yeah. Um, and tomorrow it'll be the same deal because people will be trying to figure stuff out. Like it's going to have impacts and it's going to impact productivity. And, yeah. and hopefully, hopefully it's only the wheat. Hopefully it's only the wheat. Fingers but crossed. We'll um, what but what, what, one of the things we wanted to talk about today, Andrew, was ironically, we were going to talk about, you know, the aspects of what do you do when you're unable to train? And we were kind of going to do it just as a bit of a general thing, mm. but actually what we're seeing now with the new lockdown that's come in is that gyms are closed. Yep. Um, so you're not able to go to gyms. You're only able to go out and meet one other person for exercise. And you're limited to two hours of exercise within five kilometers of your house, exactly. which is, you know, again, not the worst lockdown in the world, but for people who have to, you know, two, yeah. 24 hours ago had complete freedoms um, is going to be tough. And for some people, their routine and their fitness routine is about getting to the gym or getting to a personal training class or getting out there and doing something else. Um, so yeah, for you, what does, you know, this lockdown mean for you in terms of your missing training and how are you approach it? Yeah. So, uh, well, as everybody knows, I've been, I've been really, uh, going, stepping above up my and beyond above and beyond what I ever thought possible. Uh, I've really been stepping up my running a little bit and, you know, I've, I've, I've started, uh, revving up my long runs you know right now i'm not working about uh worrying about distance so much as i am just worrying about time so every week i'm just adding five minutes to my long run and so what i'm doing is i'm alternating my long runs between long slow run and long run with quality so what i mean by quality is maybe one week i will run like this past week i did alternating kilometers so i did one kilometer which was nice and slow and easy maybe like a, you know, zone, zone, just barely zone two. Mm. And then the next kilometer, I would do a little bit more quick. So for example, that's, that worked, worked out for me. One kilometer was six and a half minutes. Then the next kilometer would be a five, five fifteen kilometer. And I kept alternating that for 75 minutes, adding quality into my run. And that's important for those of you who are looking to run those, you know, those longer distance, like those half marathons, like those marathons, like those ultra marathons. And then of course, the other weeks, I will just do long, slow, you know, keeping my heart rate under a certain amount, maybe a six and a half minute kilometer. And it's just a long, slow run just to get time on legs. And that's a good, you know, thing just for your body to recover. If you're doing something like a 5K, maybe a 10K, but like a 5K, if you're doing a long run, you don't really need to add quality to your long runs. Just get the time on legs. Um, I mean, if your goal race is a 5K, you shouldn't be really running longer than, say, 90 minutes anyway. You don't need yeah. to And um, if you're trying to do that. But 
So I've, you know, I've been working on that. Luckily for me, that isn't going to be too much of an issue because I can still do that with the time. You can still frame. run outside. Exactly. Like, and, yeah. you know, I'm not due to get to two hours until not for another like six weeks, uh, okay. four or five weeks, whatever. Once I get to that two hour mark, then that's when I'm going to start worrying about distance rather than just solely on time. So that's okay. Um, but what about your strength training? Or like, what about your strength training? The yeah. Gym and everything. So I've been making some awesome stuff happen at the gym. Um, you know, you get into those 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 uh, routines, and all of a sudden you're seeing that change, and that's great. I do have my dumbbells in my home set up. You know, it's obviously not uh, what I have at like uh, Deramits or Jets or anything, but it is something. In saying that. I've been going so hard at the gym for the last six months. This is actually a, a, a maybe a good thing, right. whereas I can just take a week and do like a deload week and not worry about going so hard, give my joints a break, give my muscles a little bit of a break, still work, but work just say if I'm doing a, a 100 kilo bench, maybe I take it down to 50 and just crank out Rip some reps. Out. Yeah, just rep, exactly. Uh, and just get the body moving, get the body recovering a little bit, do what's called a deload week. And, um, you know, and I can look at it positively that way because the thing is, folks, mentally, the, the mental thing about this, if you're going to miss a week, there's really no point in, oh, man, I was doing so well. I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss it. And I'm going to miss this time. And what could I have accomplished in this time? You're not going to do yourself any favors. Look at the benefits of having that week off. So for me, a deload week is a great thing. Like taking a week off of training is great. Taking a lighter week is great. It just gives your nervous system a little bit of a break. And not only physically, but that can actually help mentally. Because if you do force yourself to take that deload break, if you do force yourself to take a week off, you're going to find that when it's time to work out again, you've got kind of like a renewed motivation and determination to to go hard in the gym again yeah i think that the mental aspects of of training and the actual load it puts on you after mm. you've been going hard for so long or if you're needing to take a break you know after a particular event or something can, can be grossly underestimated i know the last week or so having come out of the great ocean marathon i felt very just couldn't be bothered training like part of it was oh mentally I, you know, oh, I need, I know I need to look after myself and I know I need to recover and I know I need to not go too hard too quickly. And then the start of this week, I was like, man, I just really, I'm not there right now. Like I'm just not in love with training. I felt mm -hmm. like I was starting to go through the motions a little bit. And so sometimes a break is the best thing to do. Like a lot of people sit there and go, oh, I need to double down mentally on this because I'm not being strong enough and I'm not yeah. being disciplined enough, but you've got to recognize the signs. Like, why are you, um, you know, overburnt with this. And for me, I think it was a little bit of, you know, I trained to a certain point to do the event a couple of weeks ago. I went really well at the event. And now I'm like, man, it's another 60 days or so until the next event, yeah. which is a long time, but also a not a lot of time. So how much can I really do in that? And the mental game just got a little bit too much for me. And so I think, you know, a break and trying to approach a break and going, hey, this can be a good thing because maybe at the end of this break, you'll come back and you'll, love training again want to do it is a good thing or to your point hey 
I can't train the way I used to, but mentally I can reframe this, that I can train differently. Yeah. And I can find a different thing and there's a silver lining and a benefit to this break. And then I get to work on something different. I get to work on, you know, balance and body weight exercises rather than, heavy, you know, see how I'm going with that. I think that's, um, you know, being able to self-reflect and self-evaluate mentally any break rather than just reacting to the break and going, this is a bad thing. I've stopped. Well, no, you don't have to stop. Um, obviously, people will take breaks where there's injury. Mm. And, you know, I think the mental game when you're injured is different to the mental game when you're kind of, quote unquote, forced to stop or forced to do something different. Um, but as long as you can keep doing something and you can mentally reframe, that might be a chance to find yourself back to where you were um, when you can get back to your normal routine. Exactly. Exactly. And the thing about it is, you know, worst case scenario, if you're at a place where you've been doing really well, you know, taking a week off is like and doing completely like nothing you're not going to see much different. You yeah. might go back to that first workout and you, well, you'll definitely want to go to that first workout and not push it a thousand percent because you know, you just want to ease into it, but you're not going to see a big difference. You'll be able to get into that zone, into that place relatively quickly. I, you know, it takes probably two or three weeks at least of doing nothing like I'm talking nothing before you really see a big change or any kind of change in your, in your fist, in your fitness. Yes. That first workout back after a week might feel like sh crap, but hmm. you know, it, it's going to only take that one workout. Um, it's, it's, it, it's exactly what it's exactly what is needed sometimes to just, because overtraining, we always talk about overtraining from a physical perspective, but really, and, and it kind of like to your point, you know, when you come down off that race and it's like, oh man, I've got 60 days till the next one. I'm not saying that you were overtraining, but I, what I mean is that there are, there are those mental aspects that can be harder to deal with than the physical aspect of overtraining. And that's a little bit harder to get past. And once you start feeling that on a, like a, like a regular basis, like dreading the training or dreading the next block of training, that's when you kind of know it's like oh, okay maybe yeah. I should, maybe I should take some time off but I think some people get overtrained yeah. and then they start missing workouts and they feel bad for missing the workouts mm. but what and so they're sitting there going I'm missing training I'm missing training that's the point of this episode how yeah. do you handle it when you're missing training what's the impacts of missing training sometimes if you're missing training because you just can't be bothered training and you're like I just want to sleep in today and I just want to not go out for that run at the end of the day I just don't feel like it that's where you probably need to sit there and go, right, mentally, what am I going through? Yeah. Now, is, is there anything physical here? No, physically, I check out. Maybe I'm tired. Well, tired is something you need to be aware of as well. Mm. It comes back to recovery. But if mentally, you just need to take a couple of days off, take a couple of days off. I think there's like three reasons why you miss training. Number one is you're injured and mm. you can't go. And so that's its own kettle of fish. Number two is a situation we are in now, which is we're going into lockdown. Or another example would be if you're traveling, and so you find yourself disrupted from your normal routine. I'm missing my normal training, but can I do something else? And then the third one is what we're starting to talk about now, which is, okay, there's no physical reason for me to, to not train. And I could train if I wanted to, but I just don't feel like it. Yeah. And so being able to rationalize that mentally and forgive yourself and give yourself permission um, is important. Uh, mm. I think the thing to remember, if you do find yourself in a situation where you're missing training, you've got to accept being able to control what you can control. Right. If you're injured, 
you can't train. You just need to accept that. Um, if you're unable to do your normal routine, try and find something else. But also look at what you can do in combination. Like missing training doesn't mean that everything else goes out the window. It doesn't mean you stop sleeping and you start staying up till three o'clock in the morning and right. you start smashing beers and everything's a takeaway. You've got to sit there and go, okay, for whatever reason, I can't train according to my normal standard, but can I still hold on to these other things? And that's really an important, uh, an important point because I know I used to be that way where if, if I couldn't train, my nutrition went out the window. All bets are off. Exactly, yep. exactly. And then I was wondering, well, then I was th saying to myself, well, damn it, I'm not training. That's why I'm getting fat now. It's like, well, that's yeah. not actually accurate. Yeah, a mud cake's $4 and you just ate one. Like, that's... Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, you know, if you can't train, the next best thing to do... Well, look, if you can't train... Uh, you know, specifically at a gym, you can still train body weight yes. exercise. We're not going to go into that on this episode, but there are plenty of body weight workouts that you can do. We'll, we'll say that, but like you have to pay attention to your nutrition because that's the next best thing. You know, abs are, I, I will always say, and I'm sure Zach will always say are made in the kitchen, right? A good body is made in the kitchen. Um, so that is one thing that you do have control of when you can't control whether or not the gyms are open. Yeah, you can control your diet, nutrition, you can control your sleep, you can control um, your hydration, you can control your attitude. Like, you know, what are you doing to sort of, you know, mentally help yourself reset and go through? Um, I think the other thing is when you can't train according to your normal routine because of something like COVID or something because of travel, travel for me is 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 easy like it's actually really annoying to my wife and my family whenever we travel because we go i thought you're going to say it's annoying to them when you're home pretty actually yeah. good point actually i was saying to my wife maybe i should take tomorrow off and she's like just to mentally prepare yourself for the next week of us all being here together mm. and i'm like well we've done it before but you know we'll, we'll see how it goes whenever we travel i always take my running gear with me and we'll get somewhere and i'll still get up at six o'clock in the morning and go for a run yeah. because even though i can't run my normal routine and even though depending on where i'm running i probably won't be able to run as far because i don't know where i'm going sure. i still like to go do something and the training when you're on holidays is different it's not as intense but you're also getting to see new stuff mm. like i remember when we were traveling in in borneo i went off for like you know maybe only a five six kilometer run each morning but i got to run past these stilt villages that were amazing or get to run along this shore and see this um, amazing sunrise and everything and those workouts whilst they weren't as intense as my normal training and even though i was quote unquote missing training compared to like a normal week where i was doing track work and hill work and all that sort of stuff those were actually some of the best training sessions I can remember. I can still yeah. sort of, I tell you what, I can definitely remember those runs when I was missing training on holidays more than I can remember the countless laps I've done at the athletics track of doing repeats of 300s and 400s. So missing training doesn't mean not doing something different that can maybe be even more memorable. That's right. And that's the thing is you can use this time to form new habits. For me and my personal experience a habit is formed over anywhere from seven days to four weeks, like of consistency, right? At, if you've hit something for four weeks, you're pretty you're pretty much safe. Like unless something really goes wrong, or if you just hate that thing, after seven days or during the first seven days, you can really find your way and get to know what that's like. So we have a seven day lockdown. 
what's it going to be, folks? So maybe it's going to be, okay, I'm going to try to add yoga now to my day. Because look, mm -hmm. here's, here's the deal. There's so only, you know, there's finite time in the day in which we can do certain things. And I know from experience, right, I've got all these different exercises, say, for my myotherapist for my knee or for my shoulder or for this or for that. And sometimes I'm just like, oh, my Christ, where, I'm gonna, where am I going to put all this stuff in with my other training, with my running, with this, with that? Yeah, so if you keep it's... doing all this prehab, you're never going to have time to get injured. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that's the point. <laughs> um, so you can start to really look at your day and look at how you can add something in that maybe you hadn't had time to do it and maybe okay say if it's something like yoga like yoga is that universal thing that everybody should be doing it is going yeah. to add uh longevity to your life and to your ligaments and your joints and everything but it's also one of the things that is brushed off to the side i think more than any yeah. other thing use this time to do that like take the time that you would have gone to the gym and do something new like yoga like stretching like foam rolling like preventative anything um, yep. and start to build that habit now because I can guarantee you, even though what I just said, I just said there's only finite time in the day, I guarantee you, you can find the time if you just figure out how to start. And even if you've been, you know, for us in lockdown and everything seems to be viewed through a lockdown lens at the moment or a mm. working from home lens, but even if you've had, um, the same routine for the last months and months and months and nothing's really changed. This seven day creates a fake opportunity for you to go, well, I'm actually going to try and do something different. Yeah. Like, you know, something is different now. And even though I might not, you know, I'm still not worrying about a commute and I'm still eating at home and I'm still doing all this sort of stuff. Well, treat this as a bit of a seven day challenge to try and build that new routine. Um, or rediscover something that you've done before or get back into it. It's funny because I was feeling, like I said, I was feeling very flat with my training uh, as I came into the start of this week. And I was just, you know, really finding it hard. Like I, on Wednesday morning, I kind of didn't wake up when I should have woke up and skipped a workout uh, and then sat there over breakfast beating myself up about it going, you missed that workout, what are you doing? And ended up having a meeting council at nine o'clock in the morning. And so then I threw on my shoes and I went out to try and make up that workout because I was really feeling bad that I was slipping behind. And then once the rumors of the lockdown came in, I was messaging with Daryl. And in my head, I'm like, well, I've got seven days now and two hours a day. That's a seven day, two hour a day challenge. Like, can I get out there every day and use my two hours of exercise. It's mm. like we spoke about with Isabel when we had that 40 odd days of only being able to exercise for an hour a day. I, I exercised that's when you for did an your... hour a day every yeah. day. And the second I couldn't, I stopped. <laughs> so I'm going to try and use this as a bit of a reset. I'm going to try and get out there tomorrow morning. And I'm going to do a two hour run and then I'm going to get out there Saturday. I'm going to get out there Sunday and I'm going to keep trying to do two hours a day uh, for the next week or so. Now, they'll be slow kilometers. They're not going to be. Yeah. And I, I will say to everybody listening, just. Zach is a freak, so <laughs> don't try to run two hours every day like he does. He can because <laughs> no, he's this, a god, this, apparently. This is not something you should just go out and no. do. Like, I probably wouldn't even recommend trying to do two hours of walking. Um, if, you've, you know, if you're going from couch to nothing, trying out to go two hours of walking a day for seven days in a row is going to be tough. For me, I know that you know, I've just come off you know, in the last couple of months, a 50K ultra marathon, I've just come off a pretty fast 45K, like, you know, 
I know that if I control what I'm doing and I'm sensible, I can do this. And so I'm treating this as a bit of a micro challenge. It's definitely breaking the 10% rule. Oh, yeah. Absolutely destroying the 10% rule. Um, but it's also, if you look at my training profile, it's also not going to stand out like a complete outlier. It's just going to look like, oh, wow, he had a big week. It's just going to look yeah. like one of your training. So it's two hours going to be what, about 20 kilometers? About 20 Ks. Yeah. So and that's yeah. five days. That's your, you know, you've done 100K weeks. Exactly. I've done 100K weeks before over five, six days. Yeah. Um, and so this will just be that. Um, it'll end up being like, you know, probably. I'd say about 140 Ks over yeah. the, the course of the, the week or so. To me, that's really got me excited again. Yeah. So I'm actually not seeing this lockdown as missing training, even though I can't go to my gym. I can't go to the track. I can't go outside my 5K rate. There's so many things that I can't do. But what I'm actually focusing on or the way I'm trying to get through this is what can I do? And what can I do for me is very different to what anyone else can do, but there's still something you can do. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what we want to focus on, the things mm. that we can to can do. Set those mini goals, right? Those are very mm. important. Set those mini goals, even if it's a mini goal within a week, you know. <clears throat> Increase your push up. Like do a do a two minute push up test today, max push ups in two minutes, and do those every day or every other day for the next seven days and see if you can get at least one more than your max push up test today. You know, just set some kind of goal. Yeah. Um, it's it's definitely worth it. So uh, before we get into just a little bit of some of the science behind endurance versus strength and, and how those get affected in times off, I just want to remind everybody as we were talking about Zach's long running and endurance and all that stuff, remember that this podcast is sponsored, of course, by the nutrition that helps your long distance and endurance generation you can. And of course, that is the slow release energy, the complex carbohydrate that will help you on your long steady or long fast endurance runs. They use that patented super starch formula to help your body burn. You say patented, I say patented. Well, that's Which because- Which one do you think it is? I think in America it's patented. I think okay. probably it's patented because Americans, I mean, come on, we call autumn fall because leave fall down. Um, I called it autumn fall the other day and my wife got really angry at me. I, I haven't called it fall in, since I've seen a leaf fall down. Yeah, I don't know why I called it that. Yeah. 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 There you go. But super starch is the same in both languages. Exactly. But patented and patented it isn't. Yeah. Whether it's patented or patented, it is that super starch formula that helps your body burn fat as fuel instead of carbohydrates, helping you go longer, faster, and more efficiently. So remember, visit generationucan.com.au and use the coupon code Breaking the Barrier for 15% off your first order. And they now do have. The generation you can, I think it's called Edge, which is the the gel. Yes, I the saw gel. that. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Very, and they've got their bars back in stock as well. Yes. So, so the peanut butter ones back. They've got a lot of fun things. I've got a, mm. I've got a place in order myself. As now my runs are going to get longer because, of course, mm. I'm training for the Spartan Ultra, the Spartan also sprint, the two sprints in Turin, and of course, this podcast is also sponsored by the Spartan races. And if you visit the Spartan race australian website and use the coupon code superman you can get 15 percent off of any race australia wide so that's the spartan australia website and use the coupon code superman well done good ad read i rock i didn't even read it i just had that all in my mind i could totally see you reading it i wasn't reading it i'm just i swear <laughs> i'm not reading it well you I, wrote it so you should know what it says I, i've said it enough times um all right, so you want to drop some science on us, some yes. science on the listeners. 
So this is for all of you who get into their heads about, oh my God, I'm taking a week off. Sometimes, oh my God, I'm taking a day off. We know who you are. We know who, we know you, know are. who you are. We, exactly. And yeah. we used to be you. Uh, or at least I, I used to be you. We now get on a podcast and talk about it rather than just beating ourselves up about it. Exactly. We're allowed yeah. to. This is how uh, we rationalize. Right. By telling others. <laughs> yeah. um, so, A, first and foremost, uh, after a week of training, like I said before, you're not going to lose much fitness. Uh, l- missing out on one run, you're not going to destroy your endurance. You don't want to make You're going to lose more from a bad cheat meal than you are going to lose from missing a workout. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. You don't want to get into the habit of missing runs. You certainly don't want to get in the habit of cheat meals. But so here's what happens. So when we are forced to take breaks, so we have sort of two systems uh, that we can look at in terms of fitness. We have endurance and and strength, right? So we have two types of muscle fibers. So that's the slow twitch and the fast twitch. And each of those are responsible for one of those. So the slow twitch, your type ones, that's going to be something that's, res- yeah, yeah, exactly. That's me. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's most long distance runners, right? So it's mm-hmm. responsible for your efficiency over longer periods of time. Although Zach is starting to work on his fast, which, which we're going to get into in a second. So yeah, so those are, those are the responsible for the efficiency over long periods of times, long distance, endurance, that sort of thing. You recruit these fibers daily simply by walking, sitting at a desk, maintaining your posture, which I'm, to me, yeah, exactly. We both just sat up just a little bit instinctively more. straightened up yep exactly those are the things that are being worked every day simply by you know doing your day-to-day basis so they're they're gonna stick around a little bit longer than say your fast twitch muscle fibers which are type two so that's those are responsible for your power movements your fast movements those explosive quick forceful one rep max type things these are the muscle fibers that generally you have to actively work to activate because in your day, there's not going to be much. Thing, there's not going to be much that you're going to need to do that will activate these muscles. So these will decline a little bit quicker. So what that all means, your slow twitch will stick around longer than your fast twitch, which means if you're forced to take time off for an extended period of time, you're if and this is comforting for you runners, I'm sure your one rep max, for example on a bench press is going to decline faster than your long run pace. So if you're aiming for a 10K or a half marathon or a marathon, if you take two, three weeks off, yeah, you might get affected, but you're gonna see that affected less than say your uh, your, your one rep max or your power movements or you know the, the, the movements now that, that, that Zach, you're working on with, with your yeah. gym. And, um, and, and think about it. I mean, there's a reason why a week out from a race, we taper. We don't, if, if we were going to lose those slow twitch muscles overnight and not be able to get them back, we wouldn't taper. We'd keep training right up to the day of the race. Exactly. The, the, the one week off the slow twitch is actually negligible. You actually mm-hmm. get more out of in, in injury prevention and letting your body recover a little bit more than you lose um, in, in slow twitch. Now over a three week period, yeah, you might need, you might start to see that. And I, I've definitely seen when I've had, you know, a couple of weeks off, you do find that your, your pace is slower, but it's not that much slower right. and compared it comes back to pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah. Compared to if you've been lifting weights and then you take three weeks off lifting weights and then you go back to that, that is much more noticeable. In fact, you can almost feel the muscle fibers that you had been developing and breaking down and working 
almost you know restarting and re-tearing. Mm. So those fast twitch muscle fibers ha- have a lot more loss impact a lot quicker than the slow twitch. That's right. Um, but you need both. Exactly. Uh, and that's, that's exactly what I was about to say. You do have to work both because here's the deal. So when you work those fast twitch muscles, you're you're obviously working on that power. You're working on that explosiveness. Say, for example, a squat. The more powerful you are, the stronger your legs are, the better you're going to be at running, right? Because mm-hmm. what is running if not a, a just continuous single leg basically squats, right? So yeah. the stronger you can get at doing that, the more powerful you can get, the more efficient you're going to be. So you should be training both. But just know that the slow twitch muscles will decline slower than the, than the fast twitch. It's not the end of the world because just just always keep in mind that you you got to the point that you got to before you had to stop. You'll get to that point again. And if it took you, say, a year to get up to the point that you're at, it's not, you're, you're not going to lose all of that over the course of a week, two weeks, or three weeks. Yes, of course, after three weeks, you might need to, you might feel like you're dragging a little bit, but that ain't going to last long. It's, it's not. As long as you, as what we said before, keep your nutrition on point keep your recovery on point really do what you can control what you can and yeah. and you'll see because there is there is muscle memory muscles yeah. have elasticity where if you are doing something and then you stop for three weeks yes they will fall away from where they were but they also the muscle memory will help them come back to where they were going to be when people take three weeks off to go away on holidays and they don't exercise and then they come back and they go oh man i'm really struggling to train it's actually not the lack of exercise for three weeks that's really hurt them it's the late nights it's the partying it's the drinks it's Mm -hmm. the cigarettes it's all that sort of stuff so you know the the actual if you were a person who was running very consistently and had a very good lifestyle and then you stopped running for three weeks but you kept everything else about your lifestyle the same stretching nutrition sleep and all that you would find that the actual fall off for how you're running how you actually run would be not that bad you might feel sore the next day you know regular activity regular exercise helps with recovery um you you know whenever you hang out with a friend of yours who's not a real athlete but they want to sort of you know show that they can still do it anyone can go out and do it that first day (laughs) it's who can wake up the second day and recover and go again that's That's where regular exercise missing training starts to become noticeable this your ability to recover more so than your peak performance because unless we're in the top one percent of athletes our peak performance is is in a much you know wide finer range than them a a peak athlete who doesn't exercise for three weeks they lose 10 seconds that's massive because their job is to be millisecond perfect for someone like me if i go from a 515 5k you know time pace to a 525 well who cares is that even noticeable probably Mm. not that much no no Mm. and it's it's really not the end of the world um and of course we would also be remiss if we didn't mention how to get back into your workouts after you miss a period of time or what i wrote or god forbid missing the long run so we'll start with the long run it happens you should try like i will be very honest with you if you're training for a specific event that is a long distance run you should very much try to avoid missing the long run yeah it's not a good look <laughs> but it does happen but the thing is if you do miss it it's 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 not the end of the world if you have to miss it for that week a try not to 
try to make up the miles. That's probably the worst thing that you can do. So in other words, don't, for your next long run day, don't combine the two. Don't double your long runs. (laughs) Just don't. That's not a smart idea. (laughs) Never try to make up for lost time, uh, especially if you have to take a, I mean, this is more the case if you have to take a few days off, you don't, you just don't want to do it. It's a recipe for disaster. Uh, But the best thing to do is just get back on the horse. Just continue off with your schedule. If you had a 15 mile, uh, sorry, if you had like a 30 kilometer <clears throat> long run and you miss it, do it the next week. Just do it the next week. I, I this is now this is my personal opinion, Zach. You can weigh in. If I have a week where I'm supposed to do 30, and then the week after I'm supposed to do 35, and I miss the week where I'm supposed to do 30, probably the week after I'm still going to do the 30. Um. <sighs> Just, you know, depending on the schedule of the race, but I'll try to do the 30 the week after rather than jumping right up to 35 after missing that I, w- I would say it really depends on where you're up to with your training. Yeah. Um, if it is your first time working up to, say, a marathon distance and you're talking about getting to long runs that are 30, 32, 34, 36, if your schedule said, hey, you're going to do 30 this week and then you're going to do 34 the next week and you miss the 30K run – I would rather go into the marathon a little bit uncooked on my long run mm. than risk injuring myself trying to do a 34K long run and then yeah. being completely stuffed. Because so I think once you get up to 30, like for I'm talking for a, a marathon, not like yeah. ultras or crazy other long distances, mm. the difference between 30 and 34 kilometers is really negligible. It It's just, you don't, it's not whatever. It's just getting time on legs. Again, I'm not saying that you should aim to miss these runs, but it's not going to make or break your marathon at that point. Yeah, and you've got to think about it as well. Like I remember my first ever marathon in Gold Coast. The longest run I'd done in the lead up to training for that was 32 kilometers. Mm. And I remember during the race saying to the people I was running with, oh, this is the longest I've ever ran as we got to like 33 kilometers. And they were like, oh, gee, that's going to be interesting. And it was when I completely bonked and hit the wall and, you know, just destroyed myself. But now that I think back about it, the problem wasn't that I missed, that I didn't do, you know, a long run longer than 32 kilometers. It's the fact that um, that was the only long run I did. So if you're basing your training around one particular big long run, then you're putting all your eggs in that one basket and then missing that long run can be a big deal. Mm. So probably when you're starting training and you're looking towards a marathon, I mean, you don't tend to just turn around and say, I'm going to run a marathon next week. It tends to be a training program of, you know, 12, 16, 18 weeks or so. Try and design your training so that you've got a second chance or a third chance if something does happen. If you base your training all around, I've got one chance to do one long run before this event, then that's too risky. And you should try and mitigate that by coming up with a, with a slightly, possibly a more conservative plan, but also one that has a bit more forgiveness in it. Yeah, I would always recommend that if you're doing the marathon distance, you should have at least three runs that are 27 kilometers and over. Yeah. Uh, this way... If you do have to miss one of those runs, you still got two to back up. But even 28 kilometers and over, I don't. I feel like, look, I don't feel like for a, a marathon you necessarily need anything longer than 30 kilometers or thir- uh, 32 kilometers. I don't think you need it. You, you could certainly do it. I mean, if it's something that makes you feel comfortable, if you just know that that's what your body wants, cool, do it. But I feel firmly that if you have up to a 30 32 kilometer long run 
you could run a marathon. You could probably run an ultra. Ish. We're not talking about fast times. We're no, not talking not about fast. running no, sub no, no. threes no. here or anything no. like that. But we're talking no. about running and finishing and being able to maybe yeah. walk the next day. You could run a marathon off of a 20K. But it would suck. It's you would hurt. hate yourself. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't but, recommend we don't recommend missing long runs and we no. don't recommend trying to run a marathon with your longest run being a half no exactly uh, uh but yeah like once you once you get up to that 28 kilometer mark and over mm-hmm. i think at least three of those you're going to be fine and anything longer yeah. than 32 kilometers you start again unless you're somebody like zach who is really good at this stuff and knows his body and knows exactly what he can handle once you get past 32 kilometers, you're you're heading into diminishing returns territory, I think. Yeah. And this, again, we're talking about, you know, people wanting to run marathons or say up to a 50K ultra. If you're right. someone who's talking about 100 kilometer events or 100 mile yeah. events or fastest known times, then, you know, you're you wanting should be longer listening runs. to us. We yeah. should come on your podcast. Go, go listen to uh, the Peak Endurance podcast. Yes. <laughs> the, the other thing, though, that I was just thinking about then was in terms of prevention is better than a cure. We, we talk about planning your routines and planning your schedules and planning your training. And, you know, missing training is missing a plan. You know, if you're someone who's just ad hoc getting out there running whenever, you're probably not that concerned when you miss some of those runs. But mm. if you're talking about missing training, you have a plan. Yeah. If you have a plan, you have control. You control the schedule. The plan doesn't control you. Mm. So if your long run is meant to happen on a Sunday and it can't, well, can you do it on a Saturday? Can you slide it to a Monday? That's right. Can you doing. take that yeah. 30 kilometer long run and break it into two shorter runs spread across different days? Um, or if you can't do a 30 kilometer long run, does that mean you have to write off the whole weekend? Mm. No, a 10K run is still better than nothing. Like any run you can get out there and do is better than nothing. Yeah, that's I think that's, a, that's something I fall into a lot is I look at my schedule and I go, oh, I can't do that. 15 kilometer run I was meant to do this morning because I slept in or I was up late or whatever. And then I don't get out there and do at least a seven or a 10. And I'm always surprised that when I do sit there and go, Oh, you know what? I don't feel like doing 15 today, but I'm going to get out there and I'm just going to do at least seven. And then you get to about the seven K mark and you're like, Oh, I might as well do another three. Next thing you know, you've done 12, 13, 14 Ks. That's worth it. So sometimes, you know, realizing that you've missed training because of something out of your control or stuff has happened and then you look back at the end of the day and go oh i missed training Mm. that's one thing missing training through choice which is i could do something but i choose not to that's on you right and so where can you look at mitigating that through a different schedule or just getting out there and getting started yeah exactly and it goes back to what what zach was saying before just do what you can you know uh too many of us you know get into that mindset that, oh, gyms are closed or this or that, so I can't do anything. Well, Yeah, you know, if it's not, not this, it can't be anything. Yeah, exactly. It's not true. Like, like, if you're supposed to do 30 kilometers on your long run and you know you can't do it, yeah, exactly. Do 20 minutes. Like, that's better than nothing. Just put yeah. some time on your legs, man. Like, just do something. Um, just because it has to be altered doesn't mean that it has to be nothing. There's pl- there's there's finite time in the day, but there's infinite options of what you can do. Correct. And and one of the things I always do is I'm very flexible with my schedule. Mm. I have rest days scheduled, but my rest days are also opportunities for me to slide stuff around. Yeah. So if I know I can't do something on a Wednesday, I'll slide it to my Thursday, which is my long run. Um, you know, you've got to have flexibility with your your plan, and you know, make it work to you and make it adjust. 
Uh, and at the end of the day, you, know, you don't want to get into that whole, oh, I must, if, if 90 kilometers a week is your goal, or 70 kilometers a week is your goal, or 50 kilometers a week, if you all got that as your goal, and you get to the end of the week, and you're like, the only way I can hit that goal for the week is to do something stupid that's outside my training plan, don't do don't that. Do it. But if you're sitting there going, oh, I've got a plan to do 50 kilometers at the end of the week, but it must be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, and you find yourself unable to do something on Thursday, well, then drop a Friday in. Move stuff around. Exactly. Well, like, what if I told you that the long run doesn't have to be done on a Sunday? No. <laughs> oh. No. I did it on Monday, and the world still existed afterward. Yeah. I've done some some great, like, I've, I've had days where I'm like, I have to, Sunday's off. I just can't go out on Sunday. Something's yeah. happening. You go do it on Saturday morning, you got the whole weekend for yourself. There mm-hmm. actually is an advantage to doing the long run on a Saturday morning. Yeah. And getting it done and dusted because then you get to sleep in on Sunday. That's right. And, and then lunch then, tastes better on Sunday. Big advantage of, of doing it on Monday is that you don't have to do any work on Monday because you've done the long run. So exactly. <laughs> um, and uh, it's the thing. I mean, I, I love uh, when we've got long weekends and stuff, yeah. shifting the long run to that day that is like the day off mm. uh, and kind of getting my weekend back. Uh, and again, so it's, it's flexibility with training, you know. Mm. That's right. You know, it just because, yeah, exactly. It, your schedule doesn't have to be Monday to Sunday. It could be Tuesday to uh, Monday. It could be Wednesday to Tuesday. I had to think about what the days of the week were. Uh, whatever <laughs> works for you really doesn't matter. And that's that's the point. You know, do what works for you. Do what you can when you can and control what you can. And, you know, yep. just accept, accept, accept. Acceptance is a big thing. Yep. You know, this is happening. Accept it. And you'll be you'll be just like Zach and I better for it yeah well i think it and it will also translate to other stuff because if you can find the perspective to you know control your training and handle how you're missing training and the disappointment that goes with that it might help you with the way things happen in other life Mm -hmm. you know your work life your personal life you know if you can start to rationalize stuff in training, it might help you rationalize when your kid fails to put the dishes in the sink or someone at work sends a stupid email that you wish they hadn't or so forth. Um, it's all learning and all perspectives. All mental training. Absolutely. Correct. Mm. Well, I think that that's a good note to end on. Do we have anything else we want to add? No, I think that's it. I'm excited to I'm excited to get into this lockdown and start my seven-day, two-hour-a-day streak, see where I come up with. Right on. I'm excited to get into this deload week for myself and give my give my joints a bit of a break but continue off with my running and 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 see what happens so i'm expecting you to come back completely bliss and stretchy after all this yoga you're going to do dude i'm I'm gonna i've been doing like 15 minutes 20 minutes of yoga a day and uh no one walks away from a yoga session going oh geez i really regret that like have you ever heard any no one ever does that no maybe bikram yoga (laughs) that's different that's That's... super hard i was reading an article the other day that said the benefits of a super hot bath is the same as doing an exercise um, for people uh, like 60 and above. Really? They're saying the blood flow it promotes and the heat and the effect to your metabolism and everything um, is the equivalent of getting out there and, say, doing a 5 or 6K jog once you get into that 60 or above range. Well, that's something to look forward to. Saunas and hot tubs. Right on. Which is great. I can just be that old man walking around nude in the gym that's why he does in and out of the sauna like drying myself in the hand dryer what you know no. instead of a towel you just tuck yourself under the hair dryer and the hand dryer and you know the hot air blows everything dry 
Have you ever done that when you're washing your hands and all of a sudden it splashes onto your pants and you're like, yeah, you got to try and stick your crotch yeah. under the thing, and then someone walks in. <laughs> Somebody and inevitably like, walks and you're like, in. No, no, no. It was the tap. It was the tap. Look, I'll turn the tap. I didn't. I didn't piss myself. Yeah. I didn't. Trust me. I'll uh, tell you when I pissed myself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You'll know about it because yeah, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Fun. No one cares less than the old man at the gym who just walks around nude and just like, hey, you know, I've seen some stuff, kid. Exactly. You know, this is me. When you're dude. my age, this is it. Yeah, you know. I, I've I've never been the guy that can walk around. Like, I've just never oh, been. Oh, I can't the, do it. I'm, no. I'm talking shit that I can't back up. I no, cannot I, walk. I get changed in the shower. Yeah, I. it's like I haven't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't like. like the, I haven't been to a gym since I've been in Australia that has the group shower thing. Mm. Uh, but in the States, I went to a gym and I, I could. I was. I always had to. Bring, I brought a spare pair of bike shorts to wear in the shower because I just couldn't do it. <laughs> I just couldn't do it. Bike shorts. Yeah. I don't know why they had to be bike shorts, but they just did. <laughs> I, I was always one for the whole change underneath the towel, and so then you're doing that hoppy hoppy thing, and you know yeah. you can never dry yourself properly when you're keeping the towel on the whole time. So then you're putting the undies on over the wet crotch and everything, and then yeah. you're squelching around for hours afterwards. It was so much fun. Love yeah. that. Love that. Hmm. Well, this 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 took a weird turn, didn't it? Well, yeah, I feel like you started it. I probably did. Uh, yeah. I mean, there you we'll, go. We'll replay the tape. We'll see whose fault that was. Fair enough. All right. Well, I guess then I, th I think now we should probably really end Before this thing. we lose so, any more sponsors. Exactly. So please, everybody, make sure that if you haven't already, head on to Apple Podcasts, leave a review for the podcast, check out the Facebook community, check out the uh, Instagram page, which I need to really start updating a little bit more regularly because <laughs> I've been slack. Uh, and make sure that you head on over to generationucan.com.au or the Spartan Australia website and use the coupon code Breaking the Barrier for 15% off a GenuCan or Superman for 15% off the Spartan. I've been Andrew. I've been Zach. Control your training. Control you. I like that very much. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast that helps to inspire you to go above and beyond what you ever thought possible. And we will catch you next time.